Welcome to Coastline Church, seeking renewed faith in Humboldt County by being settled and secure in God's love. To learn more, visit coastlinefoursquare.com. Today, um, uh, Memorial Day, you know, uh, Teresa already announced, this is a different kind of Memorial Day for the church at large, the body of Christ. And um, last year I centered in more on the Hebrew side of things. And um, this year I felt led of the Holy Spirit to do something a little bit different. Today is Pentecost Sunday. Today is after there was the the days of uh, Passover and the waiting in between. And also happened to be uh, during the Ascension time and the 40 days before the Lord like went up into the air for the last time before he comes back in the same way. Um, this is, they were celebrating Passover when Pentecost ended up happening. And P- Passover was about the giving of the Torah. And for us, on this side of the cross, it's about the giving of the Spirit as well. So it's the Word and the Spirit. You can't have one with the, uh, without the other. So I just want to take a minute or two to review. I took three slides from last year. I just want you to be reminded now. On the Passover side of things, it was at Mount Sinai. There was one fire that was seen by all. And then in Pentecost, which we're celebrating today, there was individual fire that came onto every single person. Okay? And in Mount Sinai, these were what was going on. There was thunder, there was fire, and there was wind. And with Pentecost, there was wind, and there was a sound, and there was fire. In Mount Sinai, only Moses was allowed to see God's glory. In Pentecost, the apostles and the company there were just surrounded by God's glory. Like I said, it even rested on them. In Mount Sinai, all priests fleed and they ran away from the glory. In Pentecost, all departed voluntarily to bear witness of the glory of God. Hoorah! Um, In the Old Covenant, we have the cherubim. Uh, maintaining flaming swords to keep sinners away from a holy God. In Pentecost, we have the holy tongues of fire coming down on all present. Holy and unified, they began to preach the gospel of the kingdom. In the Old Covenant, you could only either approach the Lord or speak for the Lord by permission. And in Pentecost, it's as the Holy Spirit is saying to us, permission has been granted. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Somebody said, are we going to roll on the floor? Well, if you need to. Uh, But uh, I'm just very, very excited today. So let's start in Acts 1. We're going to read this through. And I have um, some uh, thoughts, and I want to express them to you. Also, I want you to be able to keep in mind that um, at the end, we're going to have a prayer time or a take or takeaway time, like, you know, sharing or maybe both. And if we don't have much prayer It'll be a very short service, but that's okay, because I believe the Lord called each one of us to be here, not having our holiday, you know, having away from here, and that the Lord, the Lord's will will be done, because his word does not return. Amen. And I do want to say one, uh, two things about Acts, is that um, in the days past this actual occurrence, People have said, and they said it up even into the 1900s, 
that they thought Acts was more like a romance novel. You know, that it was kind of like talking about all the good old days. You know, like if you were a fisherman and the fish started out that big and then next thing you know, you know, it's that big, you know. And and so they thought maybe there was like an exaggeration. But the Roman historians never questioned it ever. And in 1960, you could bear this out on Google, if this is to be believed, that um, a historian himself that was uh, into that part of history even said, now not that he's a believer, but he said, you cannot debate the historicity of Acts 1, so it's not a romance novel. So, Acts 1.1, the first account I composed, Theophilus, about all that Jesus began to do and teach. That first account, by the way, and I didn't mention this last time, is that Luke was his first account, so that's why he's saying that. And I composed Theophilus about all Jesus began to do and preach. And I may have said this last time, but Theophilus means lover of God, and the way that it was formed in the original language, it was talking about somebody in a high office. Now, we learned in women's Bible study last week that sometimes when letters were being sent from place to place, that there were code names and that they weren't really their real names. And so there is always a possibility because, you know, you never knew who was going to actually be reading the letter. You know, if you have to pass through a soldier to get to the next point, he might have wanted to read the letter first. Plus, you know, it'd be a good gossip point, you know. And so there is that possibility, too, that it was a code word. But uh, some people think it was a real person. Some people think it's more symbolic for all God lovers, which would include us, right? So verse 2, until the day when he was taken up to heaven after he had given orders by the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen, to these he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many convincing proofs appearing to them over a period of 40 days, And speaking of things regarding the kingdom of God, verse 4, gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which he said, you heard of me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. I think it's very interesting about him commanding, them to go to Jerusalem and to tarry, as it says in the King James, or to wait for the promise of the Father, that for them, this was a total change of posture. This was not something that would have been going on because they didn't even know what the promise was. They weren't told what the promise was. They were just told to wait. And they didn't know even how long they were going to have to wait. We know on this side of the cross that there was a limit to it, and, um, and we know what happened because of it. But for them, they had a change of posture, and they had a change of results. Amen? Verse 6. So when they had come together, they began asking him, saying, Lord, is it at this time that you are restoring the kingdom to Israel? But he said to them, it is not for you to know periods of time or appointed times which the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, and as far as the remotest part of the earth. You know, I was checked by this scripture as I was putting in the PowerPoint. The words just kind of popped up to me, and I realized 
for a long, long time, maybe my whole life, I'm just saying, when you have when you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, you have the you have the power to be a witness. But this is saying that we are a witness. We are witnessing. Our very lives are witnessing, for good or for bad. They are witnessing. Our lives are witnessing. That really encouraged me because so many times, if you if you listen to the devil's uh, lies or maybe the own lies of your heart, you think that because I haven't performed perfectly this way, that God isn't happy for me and here's all the reasons kind of thing. But it's the Holy Spirit within us that gives us the ability to testify, to stand, to to even walk in the day-to-day lives that we have. And many of us have went through very difficult times. But we have the power of the Holy Spirit to do that. Verse 11, And they said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into the sky? This Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you have watched him go into heaven. I thought it was kind of funny because, you know, they were commanded to go to Jerusalem and they're just like, Oh, look at him. He's up there, you know. But I think I would have been I would have been right there. So I would have been the one being rebuked too, you know. Um, so then in verse 12, then they returned to Jerusalem from a mountain called Olivet, or the Mount of Olives as we know it, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey away. When they had entered the city, they went up to the upstairs room where they were staying. And I just want to say there, the Sabbath day journey was the shortest and the longest that you could travel on a Sabbath day. You were not allowed to travel longer than this. So for them to be on the Mount of Olives and um, there, it was just a little bit outside of Jerusalem and they could make that walk still under the law because that's like where they were at that point in our history. So they went up to the upstairs room where they were staying. That is Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, and Thomas, Bartholomew, and Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas, the son of James. Verse 14. All these were continually devoting themselves with one mind to prayer, along with the women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. At this time, Peter stood up among the brothers and sisters, a group of about 120 people was there together and said, I'd like to say here that this is part of what God was uh, highlighting to me um, about prayer and devotion. And they were devoting themselves. They were in one mind, which I kind of think that's a miracle too in unity because before that, they were arguing about who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom, and they were arguing whether you know Jesus should really die or not, or they were uh, too busy betraying him um, and, or leaving him like they all did at one point. But I think this is really, really does something to my heart that that they were devoting themselves. They were in unity. They had one mind, one prayer. In the King James, it says um, the word supplication. I believe, and uh, that word means a desperate, a desperation and earnestness and prayer, and the Lord's starting to stir my heart again to say, Francis, it's time for some earnest prayer. 
this time for some earnest prayer. And so I've been checked there. Perhaps the Lord will be checking you as well. Verse 16, brothers, the scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit foretold by the mouth of David concerning Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. For he was counted among us and received his share in this ministry. I, I like right here where he is saying, uh, Peter, one, that's Peter's bold now, where Peter wasn't bold before. But then he's also saying, hey, Judas didn't spoil the plan. Judas fulfilled the plan. So, um, and this is also the first time the commentators say that Peter quotes scripture in the New Testament. And we'll hear what he quotes before uh, this time is over. So, verse 18. Now this man acquired a field with the price of his wickedness, and falling headlong, he burst open in the middle, and all his intestines gushed out. And it became known to all the residents of Jerusalem. As a result, that field was called Hakeldama, in their own language, that is, field of blood. Now, Matthew 27, 5 says that he hung himself, and most people that have studied this believe that it was a failed attempt, and that, you know, we know the cross wasn't really a cross. It was really a tree, right? We all know that. Okay, so anyway, so he tried to hang himself on a tree, and then it says that he fell out of the tree. So I think that's kind of interesting there that he, uh, he was killed by the impact of falling from the tree. So there you go. Verse 20, this is where the quotes come in. For it is written in the book of Psalms, May he, his residence be made desolate, and may there be none living in it. And also, may another take his office. So let's back up to that first one, May his residence be made desolate. And in the uh, Amplified Bible, it says, let their habitation and let their encampment be a desolation. Let no one dwell in their tents. Now, we know on this side of the cross that our enemies aren't people. Our enemies are principalities and rulers and, and those in the places, or what we call the second heaven, right? So I don't know about you, but do you ever get creative when you're praying and like you, like you look up a word and then you just start... You like hammer it like like a gun with bullets, you know, and you get you get what this word means like uh, desolation, you know, or whatever destruction, uprooted. Da -da -da -da. Well, maybe I'm the only one that does it, but that's what I like to do. I like to really get into it, and uh, and also it helps to keep that stirring of earnest prayer in in. Um, in my heart, too. And then the other one he quoted, may another take his office, and, and Psalms 109.8, that's where he was quoting it. Uh, <clears throat> oh, I'm sorry, I, I jumped the gun a little bit. No pun intended. So let's go back to, uh, I want to go back to verse 1 on this Psalms 109. I think it's really important. This was another thing that the Lord uh, checked me on. Uh, <clears throat> Psalms 109, starting for, with verse 1. O oh God, in my praise, keep not silence. For the mouths of the wicked and the mouths of deceit are opened against me. They have spoken to me and against me with lying tongues. They have compassed me about also with words of hatred and have fought against me without cause. In return for my love, they are my adversaries. But I resort to prayer. 
And then it goes on to say in there, a few uh, scriptures later, then let his days be few and let another take his office in charge. I don't know about you, but I could apply that to so many situations, and that could be a applying way to actually pray for our enemies and pray or and or pray for uh, wickedness and evil as we see it in our land, and that the Lord's uh, the Lord's best, that His plans would stand, and the plans of the enemy would not stand in Jesus' name. Ma'am. All right. Um, I want to just say in Luke 24, 44, in the Amplified Bible, it says, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything which has been written about me in the law of Moses and the writings of the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. So do you realize that the Psalms is not just a bunch of songs, even, it, even though it is a bunch of songs? Um, and that was, I think, in my estimation, would be one way they could keep the oral history because, you know, if like say in this day and age, 99 bottles of beer on the wall, you know, kind of that kind of thing. Well, if if you were not uh, uh, if you were not a reader, but you knew the tune to that, then you could actually put the scripture to music and then you can remember that scripture and, you, and you're illiterate, which is actually how most of the hymns were written back in the day. They were barroom song tunes and then people anointed by the Lord came up with other words and such. And so I think it's important us to remember is there is there is prophecy. There there is a speaking of the Lord's spirit in the Psalms that we would do well if we would consider that and that we would be open to that in our heart and in our prayers and in our witness that we would that would be open to that. On to verse 21. Therefore it is necessary necessary that of the men who have accompanied us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning with the baptism of John until the day that he was taken up from us, one of these must become a witness with us of his resurrection. So they put forward two men, Joseph called Barsabbas, who was also called Justice, much easier, and Matthias. And they prayed and said, Lord, you know who the hearts are of all people. Show which one of these you two, you have, no, show which one of these two you have chosen to occupy this ministry and apostleship from which Judas turned aside to go to his own place. And they drew lots for them, and the lot fell to Matthias, and he was added to the eleven apostles. Now this might sound like really weird and like, you know, Blue Lake Rancheria, here I come, you know, kind of thing. But it wasn't like that. You know, this was before the Holy Spirit was actually able to be resident in people's hearts. And so in Proverbs 16, 33, it talks about that the lot was cast, but the decision comes from the Lord. And so they were operating in that kind of sphere. Now we have the Holy Spirit, and after they had the Holy Spirit, you, you can notice they weren't drawing lots anymore. But uh, this is where they were at this part in the story. So here we go. So now to the day, the big day, the big time, the big moment, the day that we're celebrating today in the body of Christ. When the day, uh, chapter 2, verse 1, when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. 
And suddenly a noise like a violent rushing wind came from heaven and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And tongues that looked like fire appeared to them, distributing themselves, and a tongue rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with different tongues as the Spirit was giving them the ability to speak out. Again, I say, the people had a change of posture and the people had a different change of results. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. And so the Lord's put it on my heart um, for us for today. Um, here's some takeaways that, that uh, I have, and I'm hoping that you will join with me in it. And then I would like to have either a time of uh, you offering a prayer or offering a takeaway, or like I said, if not, this will be very short. But number one, will we love the Lord and will we love his gifts? Most of us are really good at loving his word, but are we even regarding the aspects of him, his Holy Spirit gifts? And, and if you even want to take that a step further, but this is, wasn't my emphasis here. My emphasis was on the Holy Spirit and, and, his, and his gifts. But, you know, Jesus said in that ascension time that he gave gifts to men. In part was the fivefold ministry and that. So will we love the Lord and also love his gifts? Will we, love, will we resort to prayer as a first response? Will we dedicate ourselves again to honoring and obeying the Lord's Spirit as he reveals it? I will. Will you? Mm -hmm. So now the time is open for uh, you, either uh, a takeaway or a prayer. And um, I'll close the prayer time. Jerry, if you want, you can come up. Um, yeah. So... Do we have a do we have a prayer or takeaway or both? I'll pray a little bit. Nice and loud, please. Um, I just take well as a takeaway and a prayer, Lord. We just uh, we see what you've done in our lives and um, what you are doing on this on this planet and and uh, this beautiful um, world that you created and that you know it's just uh, your Holy Spirit is around us all the time and. We just um, know that you are you're working in all of us, and you're working in, in this world um, to touch others, and just um, you know, just basically comfort and um, um, blanket everyone, you know, with your Holy Spirit. And may you uh, touch people that may not believe or see you at this point, Lord, that they, they may see you. Um, with the love and your Holy Spirit and all that you have given to us. And um, these songs, you know, songs, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Songs and psalms can uh, touch us in a different way than other things can. And, and, you know, that's why we have to be creative and we have to be dedicated and, and pray to you, Lord, for everything. And it's, prayer is, is a key. It's a power move. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Someone else. I love what you said, Fran, about uh, that Judas didn't spoil God's plans. He fulfilled God's plans. And sometimes we see things in such a negative <coughs> way, and right. such a, oh, poor me. But really, that could be God's plan.
plan for you and our response should be number one prayer but also thank you god that you have everything everything that happens is in your power in your plan for me and uh, if we're walking according to his will and i just i just really that's the first time i've really thought about that Grant. so thank you same here someone else I like how you pointed out that we are witnesses one way or another. <laughs> like, we're 100% always a witness to something. Yeah. Yeah. And we're human sometimes, too. <laughs> and we're not you. We're not Lord. Yeah. We're not God. Someone else. It's good. Well, I, I have another thing. You know, being on this trip, it was like... Um, he goes with you wherever you go. God is with you wherever you go, to the highest peak and to the lowest level. I mean, it's incredible how faithful he is. But I had a chance um, to witness to one of the workers on board the ship. And I was in a, a jewelry shop, and this little girl come over, and she go, oh, I see you like jewelry. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she says, do those mean anything? You know, and I'm going, oh, yes. And so I took out my uh, bracelet that is the uh, 23rd Psalm. And so I went through my beads with her. And and I recited the 23rd Psalm to her. And she just was kind of like buckled. She says, I got chills all over me. And unfortunately, she was pulled away. I would have said, well, let me tell you the other one, (laughs) (laughs) the the book of life. But that was so sweet that God enabled me to do that, you know, and it was so smooth and easy. It was like, oh, I didn't expect that on board a ship with someone who didn't really speak my language, you know. That's so good. It was awesome. So so good. What an opportunity. Somebody else. I think what she just said goes, you know, prayer is our first response. Prayer is really not something we do. It's an awareness of presence. Is um, like the old lyric, I don't want to talk about you like you're not in the room. Is we never, it's not something we do alone. It's just that our first response is, He is here. Wherever I am, He is here. Oh, that's beautiful. That's good. And that's also part of what the Lord's checked for me because I'm not this person that stays in the clouds all the time. I wish I could be. But, you know, the majority of the hours that I am working, I'm a bookkeeper. And so it's kind of like get it done and let it all balance at the end, you know, kind of thing. And he's been checking me that it's not so much like even like I did when I was in high school and felt the presence of God so strong. I thought that a spiritual person went to the prayer room and prayed for at least three hours because we were seeing so many miracles and stuff right at our altars all the time. Sometimes we wouldn't come out of the prayer room. We'd just stay on our knees and stuff. And here I am, 65, 66, and be 67. And, and, and now it's like I can't, I can't even get on my knees, let alone do that. But, but it's more the awareness of his presence, exactly like you were saying. That's the big deal that he's been checking me on. He's saying resort to prayer, earnest prayer. And he will speak through us. Yes. Amen. So I had a funny thing happen at work last week. Can you hear me? So at work, like, you know Melanie. 
Melanie's not really a believer. And my friend Danielle, who's the marketing person, she lost her husband this year, like a couple months ago. He had PTSD. So this weekend, because he was in the service, this weekend coming up, she's really struggling with. And so, you know, we were all hanging out, and Tom called me. And he wanted to pray with me. And so I'm like, oh, you know, you know, I told him. And I went in the conference room. And Danielle's office is right there. So I'm sure that she heard some of it. And we were just being grateful for, you know, our blessings and stuff. And I walked out. And Melanie was at the front desk. And she got a phone call. And so she answers the phone. Better Homes and Gardens main tree, right? And the lady goes, oh, good, you're a tree service because I need tree work done. And we just started laughing because Tom had just called. And Melanie gave this woman Tom's name and phone number, and Tom got the job. And I was like, that just opened. It kicked open this whole door with Danielle and Melanie to be able to go, yeah, you know, we were just praying. And then, you know, how do you not see the correlation and I walk out of the conference room and the first phone calls this. Yeah. You know. I forget what we prayed we're praying about too, but Yeah, this work related. And oh my gosh, Larry, because you guys like Larry O is a believer and Tom and I called him that night on speakerphone and he was laughing so hard that our advertising got Tom a job. <laughs> and they didn't get any calls for <laughs> yeah, <laughs> houses at all that But I got one. But, but you know, it's that whole witness thing. Mm-hmm. You know, if we're willing to, like, give God the glory and be able to, you know, share. And it opened up, that incident opened up a big conversation with Danielle. Wow. Yeah. And that was like another thing too, like tying into what you said and what uh, Pastor Steve said, is that it was it's very natural now. Where in the olden days, I had to use King James words and I had to have a certain demeanor. Thus saith the Lord, duh, the Lord says, up, you know, kind of thing. This is how it was in Southern California. I don't know if it ever hit Northern California. But but anyway, you know, but but now it's so. It seems so natural because it just comes out. I'll just like hear something and I'll just say it and they like light up, you know, because the Holy Spirit is within us and we are a witness. And then plus he wants to, he wants to witness to us as well for other people. Anybody else? Right. And it becomes part of who we are. Yes. It's not like, you know, a surprise or anything or we're having to go into different wording or different posture. It just becomes very authentic. Right, so I know you'll be tempted, but don't start rolling on the floor. Okay. Lorraine. I have to say, with the work I do, I have to listen to God all the time because he is working for me all the time as a therapist with these kids who have such difficult lives and difficult history. And just listening to that spirit to follow those leads, to, to know when to say something to a parent, to know when to say something to the kid that it's true, authentic, and real, and really yeah. resonates with them. Exactly. And, um, and just, it, it is part of me. It is, mm-hmm. it is who I am as a therapist because it's been with me for so long. I could not do the job without it. Mm-hmm. It's not a Lorraine thing, it's a God thing. Yeah. It's just a lesson. And we, I don't know about you, but I'm becoming more aware of that so much. And I've been with him since I was four. 
but it seems like the older I get, the less that I seem to really know, even though I know a lot. And the more, you know, the older I get, it's like, I really do understand it's him. I really do. Even if I am confident in him, and even if I'm confident in what he's giving me to speak, I know more than most. It is him. So I feel like there's at least one more. John? I'm not sure exactly how long it's been happening, but it could have been several weeks ago. Prior to this timing, I kept getting those phone calls consistently. And it just didn't know what to do about it. It's like, okay, then all of a sudden, like, I felt God say, pray for them. So now it's like, okay, Lord, you want me to pray for them over the phone to them. And so now when I get those phone calls of all these people, telemarketers, whatever, they start, and I just start saying, Lord Jesus, I ask that you minister to this person. And if they do not know you, Lord, draw somebody to them. And it's like, then, and they hang up on me. Because I'm waiting for them to respond. And then I'm saying, okay, Lord, one of these days you're going to ask me some questions. And so I'm just waiting. And But the thing is, at first it started out like, okay, I'm not sure about this. But then I was like, I just wait for them, let them start speaking, and then I just start praying and praying and praying for them. And it's like, the Lord's just saying, this is what you can do. Pray for these people. And after I get off the phone with them, I say, okay, Lord, whoever they are, you know what they need. Meet their need. And draw people to them that know you. And it's just, it makes me feel so much better instead of all the stuff I used to say to them. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, Lord, I'll pick up the phone, and if it's actually a human being talking to me, I'll pray for him right then and there. And it's just, we, we don't know what's going on in their lives, but God does. And if he can use me that way, then fuck, be it. Praise the Lord. Last chance. I'm going to close. If not, anyone else have a prayer? Or a thought. All right. Father God, thank you for your beautiful gift, your beautiful promise of your Holy Spirit that is resonant within us even now, Lord. Thank you that we are your witnesses. Holy Spirit, um, like it says in one of the Bibles that I read, may we have wind names, wind words your spirit words, your very spirit words, come penetrate the walls of our heart. Come penetrate the, the places that are hard. Come penetrate the places that need your healing. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are the one that comes alongside us. You are the one. You are the one. And we praise you, God. And we thank you that you did not leave us defenseless, but you gave us gifts. And their practical gifts. We thank you, we love you, we praise you in Jesus' name.
Thank you for joining us today at Coastline Church. To find out more information, please visit coastlinefoursquare.com.